Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honey Badger Radio. My name is Brian, and this is the Fireside Chat. And I am on Fireside Chat number 171. So, like 171 episodes of the Fireside Chat with all kinds of guests with various backgrounds. I've spoken to feminists, I've spoken to academics, MRAs, reverends, sheriffs, comedians. Uh, all kinds of people. I've been very lucky. So on today's show, I have a very special guest, Vernon Meigs. Meigs? Is that? It's Meigs. Meigs. Okay. Vernon Meigs, who is, um, um, uh, well, I don't want to like put you in a basket or anything, but you talk about men's issues, but you come at this from someone who who had like uh, some different sort of uh, a different philosophical base. So, you know, you're a uh, is it fair to categorize you as a Randian objectivist? Well, actually, uh, a more of a rogue objectivist. Like, you know, I, I love Ayn Rand and love her books, but, you know, I, I don't always align uh, in, in every uh, point with uh, what she or other objectivists uh, uh, have a mindset of sometimes. So it's, mm. it's really kind of hard to predict where I come from, depending on the subject. And and I like to think I'm my own kind of person, even, yeah, yeah. even among objectivists. Well, so. that that is sort of like what, you know, most people would say, because I've spoken to other objectivists. And uh, I think that individualism is basically the primary thing. So because you're coming from, like, if you talk to someone who's like a hardline individualist, you say, would you call yourself an individualist? They'd say, I don't like boxes, man. So <laughs> it's almost yeah. like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so you, you basically see men's issues as something that um, seems to follow if you are an individualist, which is what you are. And this this is um, something that I've actually talked about in the show a lot. Uh, I've looked into, um, you know, Rand and libertarianism and this other stuff I've talked about in the show off and on. Um, you know, I've, I've 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 flirted with it myself and um one of the things that I, I like about this, and I've been saying this myself for a long time, is that men's issues necessitates individualism to some degree. It, right. it doesn't it doesn't not only because I think that it's a better position to work from than collectivism, which is what feminism is based on, uh, but also because of <laughs> men are that's just not the way that men operate. It's not like it, I don't think it's natural for men to be collectivist. I think that they they tend towards individualism, towards independence, towards liberty. And um, this is why I think actually lately I've been talking more and more about liberty in general, because I think that it is what ultimately what MRAs uh, are looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, a matter of social consequence that, you know, um, you know, things aren't, you know, in, in a gynocentric kind of society that we, we seem to be living in and seem to, seem to be having to be to be lived in, have, have lived in. Um, the, the emphasis on individualism tends to be really um, essential because it's kind of easy to fall into some collectivist traps uh, sometimes uh, as even as kind of like a counter uh, to the feminist collectivism, so uh, so a, lo a lot of the times, what I uh, when I talk about um, and injecting individualism into uh, men's issues to help contextualize it more is that um, those that are um, that practice misandry or just just any kind of 
self, you know, disposal expendable attitude uh, when it comes to men is that, you know, they don't have any value as individuals. They don't, you know, they don't get to live life for themselves. And the feminists aren't the only one in my mind guilty of this. It's, it's sometimes it's some people, some what I consider traditionalists to be kind of having some expectations about uh, how men should sacrifice themselves and be thanked for it. So, uh, so, so those are things I'm kind of seeing. Uh, there, there are points that some men's act, rights activists uh, uh, kind of miss, I think. Uh, I, I think mm -hmm. that individualist stance needs to be kind of emphasized. Yeah, so we uh, th that truth is not lost on us. Like we've always said that uh, feminism isn't a, it's not a, um, it's not a novel idea. It's basically taking, you know, male disposability, which we've had, you know, since time immemorial, which we have done for women, you know, or men have done. I won't, I won't, I don't, I won't make a collectivist statement saying we, because I haven't really, but, but um, yeah, but men and, have and done have to, it. After. You'll have to uh, step around, uh, like walk on eggshells in terms of terminology. I don't understand. No, no, I, I'm, I'm actually being clear for myself because, you know, I, I saw th there is something that does tend to happen just as a side note uh, that some MRAs fall into this trap too, where they basically try to um, make like uh, claims of all of the good that men have done as though they deserve credit for that. Right. And and I, I think that, you know, because I also have like more of an individualist view, I don't like saying, you know, like men in history have done good things. Therefore, I should feel better about myself. Like, that's right. stupid. So, yeah, yeah. that that's what I'm getting at. So and it is, you know, I think that we have a um, we're sort of forced and I wouldn't say forced. We, we're sort of uh, occasionally feel uh, compelled to speak that way about men, especially when we are talking and arguing with feminists because they do that with women. But um, I, I don't think it's necessary. So anyway, uh, I forgot what I was saying before. <laughs> what were you saying before? Oh, God. I, I was talking about um, uh, shit. I, it was, I, I was talking about um, the individualist uh, nature of men. And oh, oh yeah, so feminism, is essentially asking men to do the thing that trad cons have asked men to do with none of the uh, gratitude. That's and funny. instead, it's basically just a demand. So so there, there's nothing like new about it. It's not it's not progressive. It's it's just an old idea repackaged in a more vile way, which some could even say is more honest. Yeah, yeah. I, so, I would say that's that's definitely the case. Like. Um, I, I, the, the concern then becomes, you know, is there any kind of side that, you know, esteems men for being men and, you know, you're trying to find that, you know, kind of intrinsic value in being uh, a male individual. And, you know, mm -hmm. you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, males as kind of more inclined towards individualism. But the, but the thing is, um, I extend that towards women, too. I think we should hold uh, women to individualistic standards as well. And I think that's part of um, uh, what... Uh, Women's agency, that's a subject that's been up as of late. Um, so if you don't recognize women's agency, you basically don't treat them like adult humans. Therefore, they kind of uh, 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 are free to kind of, you know, make make every kind of mistake they, they want instead of, you know, uh, it sounds kind of terrible the way I'm kind of phrasing it. But it's like, um, you know, treat women like human beings and adults. That means they'll be likely uh, likewise held accountable like men. With, yeah with the same accountability that we yeah. 
So, okay, this is, this is, uh, I, I like that because I was talking to, I spoke to Brooke Potter last week. Mm-hmm. Yep, and guy. before that, I spoke with Aaron Thompson. They're both MRAs sure. and they're both religious guys. Oh. And so they're coming at the men's issues thing from a more uh, religious perspective. And we know that uh, organized religion can, it can be its own kind of collectivism. Right. Like there's well, there's certainly um, a conformity that's expected of people. So but they believe that um, that's sort of like where, you know, it's sort of natural for men's issues to be addressed in that way, or at least it's another way of looking at it. So what I'm wondering about is um, in what ways do you think that that's wrong? Like the the the, in in terms of religion, because that would be where traditionalism at least that's the control mechanism for traditionalism um and and how in what ways do you think that that is compatible and incompatible with what you're talking about with this uh individualist non you know like no religion no feminism no statism none of this stuff approach right right so i want to first off start off by saying um now, I understand the religious side to this, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the terms that it can give direction and authority uh, uh, to men's lives uh, in the context of the of the religious philosophy. But one, one thing I'm noticing is that um, uh, fr- from my perspective, religion demands this, uh, the sacrifice of men uh, is almost kind of like a fundamental tenet. Do you agree with that? I think so. I was just going to say, should we clarify like Christianity specifically or at least the various denominations? Or do you think that this could be broadly applied to most religions? I honestly think it can be broadly applied. But um, in the Western world, at least the the image of the Christ on the cross is kind of prominent when it comes to religion. When you think of religion, usually you think of that. Yeah, for sure. Right, right. So, and my concern was that, you know, this kind of imagery of broken Christ figure on the cross is what men should aspire towards. And I I, I don't, uh, I find myself in disagreement with that. I think, you know, if my my vision of men's rights advocacy is, you know, advocacy for his whole spirit, his spirit intact, and his body intact as well. So, it's, it's basically the idea of the unbroken man uh, pursuing his own goals and pursuing his own happiness. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, and I don't know if that's uh, something that's uh, in tandem with what religion expects out of men, I think. Yeah, so I, I get, so like I, I looked at your, some of your videos and basically uh, what you have argued for is something that I have also talked about, which is that men um, should should be seen as more wholly human uh, and less of a sort of pragmatic utility. And um, but and but the challenge is that a lot of men do want to they, they basically see like them being valued for their service as a measure of themselves as men and it's not that that's you know again it's uh, i'm not i'm I'm just saying that this is how men typically act it's not necessarily uh, a judgment on whether or not that's correct but i think it is a challenge because 
you know, um, and this goes back to what you were saying before about, you know, we should be asking women to have agency as well. Because, you know, I was just talking to Lindsay about this, my wife, and I was saying, you know, it feels like where we are in terms of like different sides of this discussion about gender and where we the where the path forward is, is do we treat do we treat um, men more like the way we treat women now, which is essentially like, you know, um, overgrown children where we're not allowed to judge them and we have to let them do whatever they want. And, you know, we don't ask them of anything for society, whatever. Right. Um, do we treat men more like that or do we treat women a bit more like the way we treat men where we I mean, in general, this is something that Lindsay said because she's getting a bit blackpilled about this. She she says we don't ask anything of anyone anymore and you're not supposed to judge anybody. And that includes men. But we do that more with we are less judgmental of women and the only organism that actually judges men based on their masculinity measures men are women they're the ones that are saying well if you don't you know makes this much money or drive a car or own property or whatever then this is a measurement of your manhood right so you're not a man which is why the toxic masculinity narrative is um bullshit because it, it it's not something that men do to men it's something that women do to men right um but like so we're at this place where, you know, I'm wondering and maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. Maybe it's not like, you know, zero sum or whatever. Sure. Uh, but I'm wondering, like, you know, is it better for our society if we ask more of women or if we ask less of men? And um, that that's that's sort of like where I'm at with that, because. Well, I'll let you respond to that, if you know <laughs> that, what that's I'm saying. Um, well, obviously, don't, you know, I'm not saying treat men like like the children we've been treating women or something like that, right? So, sure. But basically, um, uh, how we can manifest this, you know, we can still treat uh, male individuals and female individuals differently uh, in terms of, you know, I, I suppose, you know, we, we just talk, talk differently to guys and, you know, sometimes, you know, there's some societal kind of different, you know, I don't, I don't want to say societal, but just some... Uh, habitual differences and just kind of different ways we're kind of in our comfort zone when it comes to the opposite sex and stuff like that right but um we do treat them equally in terms of uh well adulthood yes but the fact you see i keep saying individualist you know individual uh, a lot because you know um and it sounds i sound like a broken record here but you know it's not really given its due credence i think the, the individual uh, how because because most most of the time the individual even in the western world is kind of maligned in my view you know oh I, yeah I, I agree so so most people don't uh, don't kind of want they, they kind of want the comfort of uh the collective approval or the, the greater good and uh so yeah yeah even in the western oh world, well the yeah western i mean world, the yeah. The left despises individuality because they need collectivism so they can take collective action. And so that that's why they lash out at even the most milquetoast takes about individualism, like Jordan B. Peterson, right, when he talks about the divine individual. Um, and, and I mean, they despise it because it means that the people are thinking for themselves and shouldn't be allowed to do that. And conservatives have a problem with individualism because they they might feel a bit threatened by it. Like they think, well, we need to work together if we're going to defeat this enemy. And you guys are saying, I just want to do what I want to do. So and, and of course, especially when men do it, because um, I, I think on some level, conservatives recognize that if they want to save 
culture, they need men to do it and they need strong men that are willing to do it. And of course, um, individualism encourages men to think for themselves and therefore there is the danger of them saying, well, you know what? I don't want anything to do with this. I'm just going to go over here and do my own thing. Right. Well, uh, then, then again, like any good individualist worth his salt um, uh, is also advocating for him to be a rational individualist, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, we're, we're kind of counting on people to kind of, you know, know what the situation is and discern, pro you, know, you know, actual problems uh, and address them accordingly, right? So like, like, you know, if there's some kind of, you know, uh, uh, you, know you know, some riot happening uh, out your doorstep or something like that, you, say, you know, I'm just going to just hang out and drink a beer or something like that, or just mm -hmm. you know, play video games or anything. Like you know, nothing's wrong. You know, it's, it's kind of like that dog and, and, and that meme with the dog in the fight. The oh, this is happy. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, so I, that, that's the kind of thing that's usually a shot against individual individualism, right? Like, like they're either just wanting to do whatever, no matter what, or, um, uh, they just want to be different for the sake of being different, that kind of thing. So those are the more just just jabs at individualism rather than mm -hmm. serious critique in my mind. Yeah, sure, sure. I, I think that uh, a lot of it comes from people that don't get it. Because again, you know, it's like the, um, and I, uh, well, let me ask you this. Let me, before I, because I was going to say something about Rand, but yeah. in what, what are some key areas that you disagree with Rand on so that I get a better sense of what not to sort of characterize your uh views as well one big thing is intellectual property i have some uh technical disagreements with with um some, oh, some, okay. right yes because because here's the thing i'm actually uh, uh more close politically to towards anarcho-capitalist thought and agree with mm -hmm. that and objectivists don't seem to jive well with that for the most part at least not the mainstream ones. no they're more like minarchists yes exactly yeah right. um and here's the thing it's like um, you know, by design, you know, by the by virtue of the philosophy, it's you know anti cultish, right? But uh, in terms of you know like uh, uh, refusing to listen to this to uh, dissension within uh, among objectivists, you know, outside objectivists is one thing, but you know, uh, if you're an objectivist, you have to be this way, you have to be that way. So that's kind of more of a kind of cultish kind of a thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right. But yeah, like so. the Ayn, the Ayn Rand Institute is a bit of an oxymoron. I never, I never understood why, you know, because they're, they're basically saying here, I mean, there can be some central ideas that, you know, if you don't believe right. these fundamental foundational things, then, you know, you can't really call yourself one of these because it just it just doesn't make sense you know like there's yeah. one of my one of my pet peeves is you know like people like dave rubin whenever he talks to objectivists it's always people from the iron man institute so it's like it's really like yaron yaron brook and stuff yeah yeah exactly. yeah. yeah um well, well the reason why i brought that up then because i wasn't sure is uh one of these things that i think is like very often misunderstood uh -huh. is um ayn rand's um ideas about essentially acting in your own self-interest uh -huh. Like basically making that, you know, primary above all else. And people mistake that for a kind of destructive selfishness. Like, like it's irrational, right? Like, oh, well, you'll always choose to be self-serving. But some, but I don't believe that acting in your own self-interest is the same as being completely like selfish in the moment, if that makes sense. Well, um, the, the in the moment thing is what Rand referred to as whim worship. So uh, it's basically kind of, you know, just uh, worshiping your own impulses instead of mm -hmm. rational. Yeah, yeah, she was all about, you know, 
rational egoism in, in which you know you know the self uh you know non-diluted self objectively in the world like mm -hmm. acting uh, as its own agent towards its own rational goals in the world so um but you know it's i, I still think it, there's uh that anti-self element that's kept the word selfish from being a and this this evil thing kind of a like well one thing i've been trying to work on is uh the uh, it will probably manifest itself in a future article of mine in the hopefully in your future but the difference between individualism and narcissism so i think yeah i think there's some important differences there um i'm still not quite ready to write that because i need to kind of gather kind of uh, get in the right headspace just build just sense. build the argument so that they're very clear but right. there are differences between exactly, the right. two yeah and more and more on self-interest you know um you know, people have you know have the biggest misgivings about self-interest in that you know it's um they confuse it with solipsism that that's that's the way i've kind of uh, realized it. it's kind of this kind of uh the world is out to kind of catch you when you fall and everything revolves around you well here's the thing uh, you know the individualist knows that you know uh uh the world won't be handed to you on a silver platter you know mm -hmm. uh, he basically only has his mind uh to kind of gu guide him through life and achieve the things he wants to see in the world so it's so, kind of, so it's a it's a very um uh you know uh look have, have this apollonian kind of uh promethean sort of aim towards your goals that you want to see in the world but with your feet firmly on the earth if that makes sense mm -hmm. so basically the the solipsistic view is the world is out to get me um i'm i have to look out for number one because otherwise i'm gonna be you know uh preyed upon by everything and the objectivist view is more like the world is indifferent. Uh, so if I don't act in my own self-interest, no one else is going to do it for me. You know, and of course, predatory people exist and all that. But it's not like, uh, oh, woe is me. I'm a victim of all of civilization and society and history um, because I have to, you know, I have to be an agent, uh, I guess, acting in my own self-interest. Yeah, you know, the, the word selfish does have a pretty... Um, major negative connotation another word that i've heard use a lot especially with like the wall street bets thing that happened recently is the word greed mm -hmm. and i i think that the word greed is uh it doesn't really mean anything <laughs> like to me anyway um, be, I, I, you know be, I, as long as like if someone desires a lot the and i just want to be clear for people who don't who might think i you know they don't understand what i mean if someone desires something and they work for it and they want to keep what they have earned, a lot of people call that greed because they're not giving it away or sharing it or allowing it to be taxed by the state or whatever. Um, and and I, I don't think that greed is a useful term by and large. The, the only, I guess the only um, thing that I'm concerned with is are people's rights being violated or not? That's all that matters to me, right? Oh yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, I don't. I don't care what someone you know does, uh, as long as they're not hurting anyone or or you know taking their property. So, all right. So, um, the religious view would be that um, men, uh, you know, like essentially there is a natural order. Men are in the natural order in a position between God and woman. Um, in an ideal society, men would essentially sacrifice toil 
you know, um, and women would honor them and uh, I guess be, you know, subservient if they get married. That, that's like what it would ask, right? So it's essentially the patriarchy, um, but not the feminist version of patriarchy. It's, it's more of a contract or an agreement uh, right. that is based on this sort of way in which uh, Christians observe the natural world and Christian MRAs are at the very least acknowledging, if not promoting a return to this model, because they're like, well, this has always worked. Why wouldn't we do this? Um, the uh, objectivist or maybe like the more libertarian MRA view, which is a common one. Most of us here at HBR are libertarians. Uh, that includes Karen is more like, the only thing we want is for the state to get out of the way, to get out of men's lives, which is why this is inherently individualist and not collectivist. And um, that, you know, wherever things fall after that is where they fall. Now, if you really want to, and I just want to, you know, explain this point a little bit more, because I think that it might end with a similar result, which is kind of the interesting thing about it. If you really remove all of the state influence over men, all of the coercion that currently affects men, you will end up with no welfare state, no child custody, like corruption in those courts, no uh, uh, child support payments, no excessive taxation for any of those services because most of the taxation comes out of men's pockets. Um, and when you remove those things, all of those programs, and oh, and, and also no circumcision, I think, or at least they'll, the, the the state would protect the rights of the 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 you know the newborn baby boy, sure. so that they wouldn't violate his rights by cutting off a piece of his penis. But all of these things, you know, domestic violence would just be observed as it should be, etc. Uh, will inevitably result in a system that women cannot benefit at the expense of men because the system doesn't work that way anymore, and they'll have to revisit the social contract with men. Does that make sense? I think, uh, yeah, I, I follow you, yeah. Yeah. So, like, these are, these could result in similar outcomes, but they have different approaches. And I'm inclined to agree more with the libertarian view because I think that you could, um, you know, I mean, if, it, if, if you are a, a spiritual man and you're religious and you, and you meet a good woman in church, you might be able to avoid all of those pitfalls, but they're still there. And, and, they're, and they're there at a larger scale in ways that are not, you know, maybe you and your personal life are going to be fine. Um, but then like other men in other parts of the country uh, everywhere are going to have to deal with those things. So um, I don't know. I guess I just want to know what your thoughts are on, on those two sort of observations. Those two well, um, I, I do, in fact, agree uh and the chain of events that would follow uh, hypothetically uh, when, when the state is removed. Um, one thing though, you know, we still need to address um, the, the gynocentrism that's kind of still kind of deeply programmed in, in men, now that that's said and done, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so, so I, so I wanna extend a, a libertarian outlook uh, inward as well, instead of just politically. Mm. You, know, uh, you as a man uh, have a right to live uh, on your own terms and well go your own way at, you know and um basically you know if uh, you know if um w w women uh are part of your life then make it so that they're just walking the same path instead of uh something that you had to kind of veer towards in order to make some relationship work which could potentially uh 
you know, in normal circumstances kind of compromise men's kind of dreams and their own direction and vision of life? Because I feel like they have to kind of compromise a lot and like, well, it's, it's almost said, I almost said modern dating, but it's been all, it's always been this, this way, I think, you know, so, right. So, so I think there's, it could stand to have like, there could stand to be a libertarian inward outlook, uh, which essentially is, liber is individualism. Do you think that we could get to a point where there is no gynocentrism? That's a good question. Um, yeah, it's something I've been mulling over, admittedly. Like, um, it'll require a lot of, you know, philosophic vigilance, at least. If it's just kind of left kind of um, unchecked, I am concerned that gynocentrism kind of sneaks itself back up again. Um, I haven't really given come to any solid conclusions on, on how to address something like that, but those are my thoughts at present. Yeah, I think that it's, because I've talked about this too, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think that it's a part of what we are. I think that we're hardwired uh, to be, to, to essentially prioritize women's safety over men's. Now, that doesn't mean that it's like a pointless or fruitless thing to like try to confront because one thing that I've always uh, advocated for is that um, men, well, basically I'm against simping. So like that, that's sort of like where it manifests the most obvious, right? So I tell guys, you know, don't give women money if they don't deserve it. Don't treat your your hard-earned cash or resources like they're not worth anything anything to you. Make sure that you understand that, you know, women may be the gatekeepers of sex, but men are the gatekeepers of commitment. And that, you know, it, no such commitment occurs unless you say so. But that means you have to value yourself. And I think that what we're dealing with with a lot of these things like gynocentrism is that it's it's a lot of it is biological i think i thought a lot of it is evolved but i also think a lot of it is socialized and the socialized parts can be mitigated so that a man can still i think we could still live in a society that acknowledges that um uh women are important you know in terms of like the propagation of the species because you know, uh, you you need more women than men in that way, like in terms of propagating our 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 species. But that that doesn't mean that you know um, men can't be as vigilant as possible about you know whether or not they they the, like basically valuing themselves more as human beings and us valuing men as well and men valuing themselves. So that there is a way to like mitigate it, but I don't know that it can be eliminated. Is what I'm saying. Well, uh, one thing I I'm, uh, I personally differ when it uh, is when it comes to the hardwiring argument um, mm -hmm. is because um, I think that is something that's over relied upon when it comes to trying to ex explain men's behavior, especially towards when it comes to to women, because uh, I think most of it really is socialization, because because uh, mm -hmm. um, because it's been really beaten into our heads. Uh, by, you know, if not directly, then by just kind of the kind of seeping in the, the norms around us, kind of. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's something that, uh, uh, how, how do I put it, just uh, gushes forth from within us. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't believe in the, the blank slate theory uh, by, by any means. But that, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
Right. Yeah, sure. But, you know, it's and it's also uh, it's, it's a point of concern for me because uh, the hardwiring argument could be uh, used to justify men's supposed proclivity to, proclivity to sacrifice. Now, may, you know, maybe there's some aspects that, that that came from evolution, but I think we've also evolved to look beyond our evolution. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going into biological determinism. I, I don't. I also don't agree with the blank slate idea because obviously, not just because I don't think that they make sense. I don't. I don't think the human. In fact, I've actually argued that uh, in many ways, socialization itself is evolved. So, like, they're like they're, these things are not completely separate animals, right? Um, I think that we socialize like our our children based on environmental factors and evolutionary ones and like basically just where you end up so for example in like uh, i i grew up in chicago i lived in a uh, a really ghetto like violent gang infested hood for most of my life and what they what women select for sexually in those environments is nothing like what they selected for say in the gold coast you know, or in like Manhattan or something where people are making a lot of money. So they were, you were going to get more men who were more likely to use violence instead of their, you know, earning potential, excuse me, earning potential to, um, you know, uh, be sexually successful with women. And that moves on from there. But I think it is a mix. So I don't believe in um, one or the other. I think that essentially, um, to some extent, gynocentrism will likely always exist, but I think that men can um, be be trained to temper it, and we can also probably bring about more of a reverence for um, like an andro, I guess, an androcentric or an andro inclusive um, idea because. There, there was something like that during the time of Rome and Greece, where men were loved uh, for their, you know, for what they brought to civilization. And I think that it comes from maybe um, it's something that, because the thing about women is this is the big, the big obstacle, and I think it always has been. Women are valued because they're women, and the reason is because they make babies. And that's it. Like that. Like that's just born into them. You know, they the a, a popular uh, saying is is that you know um, women are women. Like from the moment they're old enough to make babies, right. that is just something that happens. But men are not men. Like they have to you know prove or uh, ascend to something to be right. called men. Right. They have to prove themselves in some way. Well, uh, that, that's something we should be. Um directly confronting i think like rather ruthlessly honestly because um you know i don't think we have to even rely on the fact on on the notion that you know women are valuable just because they make babies and therefore more of them should survive and you know the the, the vast majority if not all men are expendable i think that that's an idea that can be de- directly confronted mm-hmm. and you know uh, and every bit of gynocentrism could be uh basically regarded as something to have a ra- you know have a personal radar for and you know uh, directly address and confront and instead uh, advocate for the individualist or, uh, side. You know, no, you know, I basically what it boils down to is you know I am not less valuable than you because I am a man and you're a woman. Right. 
right so so that's that that's what you yeah okay okay so this this is where uh this is a good this brings me to another question do you think it's better if we simply so like we right now this is the paradigm right women are women period like they they just are we don't have to and they get love and respect and all of that by default right uh men are not men unless they essentially there's like a a test or some kind of coming of age thing like for example in judaism it's like the bris i think or the bar, bar mitzvah i'm sorry it's the bar mitzvah um and that's when and after that you're a man even the bris is kind of you can kind of yeah even to some yeah or or like you can go back to any like you can find any tribe anywhere and they have a ritual for a boy becoming a man right so right. we we look at masculinity and femininity differently and we have probably all throughout history uh based on just that at least in that level there there might be more maybe women had a thing that they had to do who knows but but the question is do we want to more so lean towards the idea that men are men and they have value as men inherent to them in the same way that we do for women or do we want to also maybe have some kind of um uh expectation or standard that we put on women before we call them women or ladies or whatever you know like uh, what uh, what i think that your inclination is the latter but or the former rather but um i want to know what your thoughts are so um i will answer that but uh so it's like a corollary to what you what you've been saying is, is women are women and men have to prove themselves to be that um mm-hmm. and uh, a popular phrase which i think is unfortunately popular is Women are human beings, men are human doings, right? Yeah. So, so now the problem is, um, that's a phrase that's absolutely, that cannot coexist with the idea of women's agency. Because agency is about doing things mm-hmm. you know, for yourself, right? Right, so you can't really, you know, uh, assume, you know, can't say that, you know, we women have agency, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and, and then say that, you know, we're just valuable for being women, right? But 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 here's the thing to, to clarify, you know, um, uh, in as much as the context is that men and women have intrinsic value for their own person, then yeah, that's fine. Um, and you know, it, and it's not denigrated because they're a woman or because because they're a man. And any kind of trials are you know you know, that either might face are for whatever personal goals they have to, you know, so, you know, sometimes it might be just, uh, you know, uh, you know, you have to reach the top of the mountain, you have to climb a hill, right? So, you know, that's true. Yeah. For, it should be true for everybody. And, you know, you got to put yourself out there in order to, you know, uh, make, you know, get yourself heard. And, you know, sometimes you'll lose, but, you know, uh, so, so, yeah, so I just, so, is, I just don't think it's something that should be unique. The only men get to have to do to have to do this, but w- women are exempt because they have this privilege, that kind of thing. So, so that's the approach I would take on this issue. I don't know if it really answered your question. No, yeah, basically you're saying both. Like, like obviously we should be recognizing more of men's humanity, mm-hmm, of course. but also all asking for more of women's agency. So essentially, it's it's. I like the idea because the thing is, and this is, I think, you know, without again, going towards any like sort of biological determinism, I believe that men 
just based on conversations I've had with them and 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 uh, a show I do regularly called um, Brian's Badger Lodge, where I, I you know men call in and, and I I read from books. Actually, this this week I'm going to be looking at a book called uh, King Warrior Magician Lover, which is uh, about male archetypes. Okay. in stories but i think that these archetypes exist like the christ story because there it is something that men resonate with like they really admire this and and so um i wonder if there is a reason why that there, there is an archetypal like uh aspirational maleness that men want to aspire to and it's not for women that, that can be a factor because I, I know that women these days judge men, um, but but it shouldn't come from that. It should come from the man himself. And, and there is this aspirational male figure, male archetype that men gravitate towards and they find it appealing. And it's it's not coming from a place of sacrifice like like that desire. And so and I think it makes men feel like um, when they get closer to that, it, it makes them feel uh, a bit like, um, is it self-actualized, uh, you know? And so, like, be, and I know that that, again, it, 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 it might sound like it's not, like it goes against this idea of individualism, and to some degree it goes against this sort of, you know, idea of, like, the sort of religious natural order, because it's not like they're doing it for God, they're doing right. it for themselves, right? And so, like, um, uh, I, I, I wonder if, women wouldn't feel fulfilled if they also had something like that that they grasped towards because you know even though men have fewer rights than women even though men get boned in all these different ways you know by the system most of it coming from the state but a lot of it comes from women themselves and the society that they that we all share women are fundamentally less happy so like the studies after studies show that women are less happy now it could be because women are more likely to complain but I also think that to some degree, women have a um, they, they don't have as much meaning in their life because, you know, uh, modernity and feminism and all this other stuff, even like and I don't even have to use the word feminism, really, because all that is, is the same system, just sort of more politicized. But just the way that we look at women in the world, the way that we treat them, we have essentially taken away all of the judgment so there is no judgment on them there. And, and as a result of that, nothing is asked of them. And yet and so they don't have any meaning. And so they can just sleep with however many guys they want. They get all the tattoos they want. They can stuff, you know, gain 300 pounds. They can do whatever they want. And they have absolute freedom by women's standards of freedom. And yet they're depressed, you know. And um, I, I think that maybe it, that's why. So I, I guess I, I want to get your thoughts on that. Like if there's like an archetypal um male that if that idea is something that you know that 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 uh i don't know that you that you have a problem with or not or what have you what are your thoughts on that no as a matter of fact i've been kind of introducing myself more more towards like the varying archetypes of men and and also women as of late um uh, so the, the basically the idea is not just the one archetype it's not just uh uh you know the, the god archetype right um, right so there's like you know various yeah, there's the artist there's the yeah sure philosopher there's all kinds right sure right like because yeah. you know like i think that you know there's, there's this kind of idea of the one way of man and i kind of object to that because there's you know 
you know, masculinity has a common denominator, of course, but but at the same time, it expresses itself in many ways. It's not just the one uh, uniform kind of thing. It's like you know, uh, a, you know, a meticulous violin player is no less a man than perhaps a bodybuilder, right? Or uh, for for instance, like like one expression of masculinity I hold in like extreme regard is like the guy that's like uh, crafting something really kind of complicated and small like like on a desk or something like that it's kind of like this artist like i don't know if i should say artisanal but like you know like maybe on a model or a, like a like painting or, or something like that something more like you know like something that he likes to kind of requires you know, a lot of fine work yeah exactly like a like a clock maker or something precisely yeah yeah right yeah and you know uh, like I think it's the s same for women. You know, they can benefit from various archetypes. Um, uh, there's one person. Uh, so, so it's actually, um, you, know, you know, Peter Wright's been uh, introducing me a lot to the idea of ar archetypes and kind of in, been uh, introducing me to some literature in that regard. There's also someone named. Do you know someone named Greta Aurora? I do. I, I've I've watched one of her videos. I think. It was okay. a while ago, though. Um, and there's a there's a lot of recent stuff that's really good, and, and she, she talks about um, the of Greek goddesses as feminine archetypes. And recently, she's done a video on uh, uh, male gods as male archetypes, which is really you know all informative stuff. So uh, you, should, you should definitely check that out. But you know, it's it's kind of opening up to this world that you know you know men are not the same among us men and women are not the same among us women and you know some of us are, are awesome good guys but some of us go bad women for, for men and, and for women that's the same you know so it's um you can't really click so 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 you mentioned um you know it, archetypes probably go against the whole individualism thing but um i tend to think the opposite actually it's like you know you know as men you know just because i'm a man with every other man in the world doesn't mean i'm a collectivist right you know mm -hmm. i have to be you know we take that template and be our own version our own iteration of it so the same can be applied to archetypes you know we can be our own iteration of apollo or dionysus or hephaestus or something like that and maybe women could be their own version of like Athena or um, Aphrodite or Demeter or uh, right or that. yeah right. yeah so, um, so, so those are my, my thoughts on it as we call it one okay yeah 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 no no it's good I, I wanted to um, I, I mean I didn't think that you know uh, male archetypes and men sort of pursuing that huh? because they're they're trying to essentially I think that men have an interest in maximizing their potential as men but that doesn't mean they're going after the same thing right, right? right they're they're like if you're a craftsman which like again a king warrior magician lover i think is a, sort of like tries to encapsulate that in in many ways right. um but yeah if you're a person who is a poet or an actor uh, maybe that you're more along lines of like the lover archetype. If you're someone who you know is a programmer or uh, you you're um, um, I don't know like you like to build uh, boats or whatever, then maybe you're more like the wizard. Like you have like a skill that makes you uh, like unique because no one else can do it. Like I, I draw and people say, "Wow, it's like I can't I can't make a stick figure." So they think that what I'm doing is magic, right? right. Or, or whatever it is. Um, and I think that men know and and i mean women too but 
men know that they there's something about themselves as men that they want to like essentially re- recognize the potential of. It's like what we've been doing since we were children is testing our limits, testing our boundaries, and trying to find where that is. And so, like, um, you know, my uh, um, I guess the way I see it, and then the reason why I was bringing this up and seeing how it like if it contradicts or conflicts with individualism is. Um, Basically, just to see if, like, you know, a man that chooses a path um, that that is a a maybe at the end of the day, he's doing this because uh, he's hoping that I don't know, like it'll basically allow him to to um, excuse me, self-actualize. And in so doing, he attracts a mate, because I think that when men are doing that, they're more likely to get the interests of women. Um, It's a a kind of like a I, I don't know if consequential is the right word, but, you know, it's like, you know. I think uh, women a side are, effect. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, uh, instead of just kind of for a man to kind of, uh, I don't know, if whoring oneself out is the right right phrase, but you know, it's kind of like you know, trying to do things for the attention of women just for their uh, sexual success or something like that. It, it kind of you know, it could be simping, uh, or maybe that's a separate thing, but but close. It's it's you know, it's really close. I I think it's in the ballpark because I I tell that yeah because. <laughs> Well, what's happening is it's a problem if what the men are doing is something they wouldn't want to do otherwise. And right. they're basically like, essentially, that's a sacrifice because you're that giving up your time to do something you're not interested in doing because you're hoping that a woman will notice. Right. And, and that that's the wrong way to do it. But go right. on. And, and, and think about it this way. Like, you know, um, let's assume that, you know, you might, you know, uh, deep down kind of would like some like some girl to notice you. Right. And, you know, um, so say you've debased yourself this way and you know and she starts to like you for it is that that much better than her still not liking you like it's even worse almost you know because it's like um you know you've destroyed yourself i love you yeah (laughs) i mean she might not know it so i wouldn't necessarily put the blame on her she might not know that he's doing that because i think that when women find out that you have uh pretended to be something you aren't to attract them they actually are less attracted to that because they what they thought and this is you know something i've learned about women is that um why you do something matters more than what you're doing so if if you're doing something because you are passionate about it like if you're a playwright or a singer and you're doing something because you love what you're doing and she admires you for that then she's going to like you more because it's coming from a a natural place but if you're someone who's basically like done some research into what she likes and then you know you it comes across as really sneaky and and actually women will find that threatening too they'll find it predatory so it actually won't get you what you want and on top of that yes you're right i mean you're basically living as someone else this was always one of my criticisms of the pua community at least like or when I was when I would look at the schools of thought on the PUA community, which essentially asks men to play a role, play a character, and you're you're not yourself, right? So it's like, well, man, you know, uh, sorry, but pussy's not worth it to that extent. It's just not. Right. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> um. All right. So I, I want to. We got like ten minutes, a little bit less, before the show is over. So I wanted to ask you. I saw you made a video. I didn't watch the whole thing because it was a bit long. And you're talking about the intellectual dark web. Uh-huh. And um, apparently 
they had uh, something to say about male genital mutilation that you, or they didn't say something about it, that you took issue with. So I want you to like expand on that a little bit briefly, like who specifically were you talking to and what was the deal? Okay, so uh, it's not that I was talking to anyone in particular. I'm just kind of reacting to people on the dark web kind of talking amongst themselves or something like that. So it's basically started off, you know, uh, it was just just going to be about Ben Shapiro, but it turns out that, you know, Jordan Peterson kind of had a little bit uh, more to expand on this one than I initially remembered. Uh, but, you know, back, you know, back when I heard the David Rubin talk that, I, that I'm talking about here, you know, I didn't have a video channel or anything like that. But, you know, I had this Bernie's, no, 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 none of this circumcision nonsense. You know, yeah, so, right. But but, you know, it's like because, you know, we were all discovering Jordan Peterson and we were just so you know, in awe with how he's inspiring us and stuff like that, right? So it's like almost kind of taboo to kind of be- Criticize? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's taboo to criticize anybody in the IDW. I don't know why. I do it all the time. In fact, I, I go I go in hard on the Weinsteins, but- Oh, exactly. Because there, 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 there's some Weinstein bit there too. Um, but, um, you know, uh, towards the end of the video, but um, so basically uh, Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson was, were kind of going, going on about the idea of the, of the the breast, the, you know, the, the infant male genital mutilation as a form of sacrifice to God, and and using the the justification of you know, uh, well, I think they they use the biblical biblical story of Isaac, uh, something about uh, I, I'm not a biblical master here or anything like that, but you know, it's like the, you know having your you know isaac being asked to sacrifice his child to god or something like that and they were trying to oh right him. he tests him by taking him having to climb the mountain and yeah right, god right. changed his mind at the last second yeah right 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 but but basically the idea you know they're in full acknowledgement that this is a traumatic traumatic procedure right and, you know because something they acknowledge that sometimes the kids die Mm -hmm. when this happens because because it really does you know they really do die uh, sometimes when this happens but or they get blown by the rabbi which isn't creepy or anything yeah, yeah. but go on exactly <laughs> right. they were saying about how this is like some important symbolism about having your your son being broken by the world in service to god and i mm -hmm. thought that was incredibly you know i'm not gonna let that slide you know so mm -mm. right and 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 later on i was just trying, trying to do some more research and saw that brett weinstein made a stupid crack about it too basically saying that they're that not circumcising and circumcising are, are both equal uh in terms of moral evaluation and that they both pass the adaptive test that's his words which uh yeah yeah i was not gonna let that slide either um yeah yes yeah, so it was just basically kind of mocking this idea like that you know uh that it's mutilation you know you know, any idiot can say, see that it is mutilation, you know? Yeah, it's obvious. I mean, you could like come up with any story ad hoc to justify, you know, um, pretty much any form of like assault on a infant. Um, but we, but we have this, you know, what's funny about that though? Like, this is not my first thought. Okay. Sure. They're calling it a sacrifice, but the child doesn't have a choice. The child does so not if have the a choice. if the child doesn't have a choice, it's not a sacrifice. That's like that's like saying taxation is charity. You don't have a choice, so it's not a sacrifice. And um, well, it's not a it's well no but i mean you you sacrificing someone else is not a sacrifice either that's right, right. unless you're thinking about those old sacrifices from you know like you you chain a woman to a rock so the dragon can devour her or whatever so that right. you don't it doesn't well, burn I'm, your village but 
Yeah, but I, I still think, you know, I, you know, I do think that it is a sacrifice and I'm against it on that basis, right? Because, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, it's this, this, it's this, I'm, what I object to most in what I consider like mainstream religious thought is this idea that men must, men are good if they're broken or if they're dead. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, it, it's this kind of, because to expand more on what we've been talking about, you know, uh, about men having to prove themselves, like, I suppose in old, evolutionary context about survival a man is not a man if he doesn't kill but if he doesn't die he's no man yeah no yeah for sure for sure um well i guess the only thing i would add is i i think that the circumcision debate uh discussion i guess is probably one of the hardest ones that we're having and one of the reasons why i say that is because it's also like the most obvious like they like it's like if there's one men's issue that you could bring up that feminists couldn't argue against when they can come up with arguments against pretty much everything else is the circumcision thing and yet i think that the reason for this is that essentially people because it's a, it's it's not just a religious practice, but it comes from that. Cause I noticed that in the United States, for example, uh, we circumcise by default. Like we, I mean, like unless you go in and say something like, please don't circumcise my kid. Uh, the doctor's just going to assume that you need that. It's like, it's not even a religious thing. They just do it. And, and, and it's completely seeped into me. Yeah. And no one knows why, like it's again, you know, but I, I at least believe that for the people in the IDW that are defending it, a lot of it has to do with, you know, it's part of their faith and they, they can't, um, they can't make a rational argument against it. So they got to go to some religious symbolic one. It's not because there's nothing confronting them about that. Obviously. And you shouldn't. I'm saying, no, they deserve it. I'm saying, but it, it's, it's essentially the intellectually dishonest web because right, exactly. they're, they're not like, they're not really like making a good case against that. And, you know, even like some people, like I think Milo Yiannopoulos said, oh, you know, it's, it's aesthetic or whatever. Well, again, he he's, he's just being edgy. And it's one of those things that uh, a lot of people think it's okay because we've been doing it for this long. But um, there's obviously a lot of data out there. I actually don't believe that the circumcision thing is going to remain uh, a mainstream idea. I think that more and more people are pushing against well, it. Yeah, I hope interestingly, not. interestingly enough, a lot of it does come from the sort of atheist, uh, atheist left too. That so I, at least the people who are fighting against it, which I am grateful for, despite the fact that they're commies and I'm watching them. Um, but like, yeah, if they're going to help out in that front, that's fine. So, uh, but yeah, I just thought it's interesting, but what were you going to say? The new, the new atheists like Sam Harris, right? Yeah. I, well, I don't know if Sam Harris has said anything about that. I'm talking oh, yeah, about, he did. Actually, yeah, but, but, he did? Okay. Well, well but, but, but here's the thing. He thinks, you know, um, you know, it's not the same level as FG. Female. Yeah, of course, yeah. of course, of course. And that, that actually, yeah, that really bugs me too. Like I think Ian Hersi Ali, uh, I think that, you know, I, I like her. I've heard some things. I've heard that she might have lied about being FGM'd, but, um, but like her story revolves around her being a victim of that. Can you imagine if a man could like basically like write books and do speaking engagements and all of that just because he was circumcised? Like, I mean, that's literally the only thing that she's known for is, is growing up in an Islamic country and being circumcised as a woman. And it's right. made her like crazy, crazy famous. Right. And like, it's like, just take your pick. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, I just want to know about that. I think we've reached the hour. So I want to know if you had any final thoughts. I guess the last thing I would ask is, um, I, I think that this is pretty much um, made things clear in terms of like the little the nuance between, you know, individualism uh, and and men making choices. So um, if a man chooses like a, a, a dangerous job or a, 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 a sacrifice because he feels that it is it is in his best interest in that moment. Is that something that you support or are fr or frown on? So um, as long as the dangerous job is something that he is actually passionate or at home at home with, then I would even go as far as say it's not not in itself a sacrifice. He's kind of pursuing his own dreams and his passions. Like let's say F like Formula One racing or something like that. Super sure. Dangerous. Or a soldier or a logger or a, a Alaskan crab fisherman. Right. Sure. Sure. Right. But you know yeah. you're not in it to die. You're in it to succeed. Right. Mm hmm. Right. So, yeah. Well, a lot of guys are like thrill seekers and stuff. So, yeah, I, I that's what I was wondering about. OK, so um, I guess. Uh, yeah. If you have any final thoughts and also let the audience know where they can reach you. I have some of your contact stuff yeah, in sure. the description already. So. Okay. All right, so the big takeaway you need, you need to get from individualism as applied to men's issues is that, you know, men deserve to kind of to get that feeling that they, you know, they're in, they they are their own value and you know they don't have to answer to gynocentric uh standards whatever so that that's really just the, the big takeaway you should get from this and you know take you know take control of your life and enjoy it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right and uh yeah so where can people find you yeah so um i'm on gab and i'm on soundcloud uh, for my music because i'm also a musician um, I, I actually have some band camp. Uh, I, I don't know if you, so there's one for, for I put a link to the, uh, I put a link to the band camp and yeah. your gab, your, uh, bit shoot, all my videos and, uh, and somewhere down the line, I went into YouTube. So I'm missing some videos there. And I'm also on rumble. I'm thinking about going into odyssey too. Uh, so yeah, so those are my video channels and, uh, I got my music stuff happening. I'm on gab. Um, uh, uh, I'm not thinking of anything else at the moment. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's good. All right. So uh, you're not on Twitter or... Uh, uh, I got rid of my Twitter. All right. Yeah, it was, I mean, that's a good idea. I was just wondering. Some people some people want to ride Twitter till the wheels fall off. Some people just leave Twitter. So I, I'm one of those people that tried to stay. And interestingly enough, you know, I, I've been on Twitter for a while. And most of the time, I, I shitpost there for fun or I promote the channel. But I also get into fights with feminists, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't look for it, but I, you know, I'll make a statement, and I think it's pretty straightforward. And angry feminists come and argue with me. Right. But I've never gotten suspended or, or you know, had like a, a warning or anything. anything. And then I got into an argument. Well, I, I pissed off socialists on Twitter, and um, I did that because I said Nazism is leftism, and they got so pissed, and I got banned from Twitter. And I mean, like, I, and I was like, wow, I've been pissing off feminists this whole time. And I didn't realize the only thing I had to do was compare. Well, actually just tell the truth about Nazis. <laughs> so like, and that got me kicked off. So anyway, um, so yeah, check them out on all the social medias. I put links in the description as well as on the screen there. Uh, let's, I get, I get, did get one super chat. So I'm going to read it and then we'll go to the app, to the patron only show and continue the conversation. Xerox gives us two bucks and says, gynocentrism, not a thing to destroy, 
but temper. That was like early on when we started talking about oh, it. Okay, sure, yeah. So, um, all right. Well, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't think that it can ever be completely destroyed. I think that we kind of have to live with it, but it's not a problem as long as we're adamant. We can keep it under control. That's basically, you know, the best we can hope for, in my opinion. I so anyway, my thoughts on that one, but sure. yeah. Um, all right. So we will head into the patron only show to continue the conversation. Uh, thanks so much for coming on and uh, uh, Vernon. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Um, if you guys like this video, please hit like, subscribe if you're not already subscribed, hit the bell for notification, leave us a comment, let us know what you guys think about this, and also please share the video. Uh, if you guys know any people who are self-described uh, Randian objectivists or just objectivists, minarchists, anarchists, ANCAPs, I mean ANCAPs when I say anarchists, um, or or the MRAs that, you know, maybe they're on the fence about that or they're on the other side, I don't know, you know, share this with them. And, and get their thoughts. We, I just want people to share our content so we can have these conversations. I think they are, they are very, very important and no one else is having them. Not really, anyway. <laughs> so thanks guys so much for coming on today's episode of the Fireside Chat and we'll talk to you in the next video. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.